Okay, Comrade, thank you for having me. I just wanted to start by saying that main question, right? What's been the main question in human history or in philosophy, human philosophical thought, right? Boiled down to, if you're familiar with Marxism, that of split between the material or the material world and the matter that makes it up or the spiritual and the ideal world or the mental world. Okay, so with that, I'm going to read a little bit from this one, too. I will try and stay as close to this as possible because the Juchi philosophy is, has to be elucidated in a particular manner. Okay, so General Secretary Kim Jong-il said, the Juche idea is a philosophy which has been elaborated and systematized, focusing on man. This means that the Juche philosophy raises the fundamental question of philosophy by regarding man as the main factor and elucidates an outlook on the world, a viewpoint and attitude towards the world by focusing on man. The Juche idea, the Juche philosophy as a philosophical ideology, has a peculiar characteristic that it is fundamentally different from all preceding philosophies. The essential feature of the Juche philosophy, which is fundamentally different from all philosophies in the past, is that it is a man-centered philosophy that was evolved and systematized, placing man at the center. This means that the Juche philosophy raises the fundamental question of philosophy by regarding man as the main factor and elucidates an outlook on the world, a viewpoint and attitude towards the world by focusing on man. The Juche philosophy is the man-centered philosophy, firstly, because it newly raised the fundamental question of philosophy with man at the center. The fundamental question of philosophy newly raised by the Juche idea is the question of man's position and role in the world, therefore. Man's position and role in the world is the question on the world outlook that is raised with man at the center of philosophical study. And the principle which answered to the question is a man-centered principle of the world outlook. The Marxist materialist dialectic, like I said, deals with the material world and the mind, and the minds of men, right? Marx famously said that the ideal is nothing but the material world reflected in the minds of men and translated into modes of thought. That is to say that something has to happen in the real world in order for there to even be a thought. In fact, indeed, there had to be the evolution of the human species as a material being before humans could even have thought, so to speak, right? And Juche develops this question even further. It says, man's position and role in the world is the question on the world outlook that is raised with man at the center of philosophical study. And the principle which answered the question is a man-centered principle of this world outlook. It raised the fundamental question of philosophy with man at the center and developed and systematized all principles and contents on the basis of the fundamental principle which gave the answer to the fundamental question of philosophy. As a result, the Juche philosophy is fundamentally different from the previous philosophies like materialism and idealism that raise fundamental questions of philosophy by regarding matter and spirit as the main factor and showed their origin of the world. Next, the Juche idea is characterized as man-centered philosophy because it is the philosophy that clarifies the man-centered outlook on the world. Generally, the features of the philosophy are decided by the fundamental question and by what is stressed in clarifying the contents of the world outlook. There had been many philosophies in human history, but they were of the idealistic world outlook that's centered on spirit or mysterious beings like God, or there were the matter-centered materialist world outlook like Marxism, Leninism, and many other materialist philosophies. Of course, there were some philosophies that placed man in the forest, 
the past. So did the human philosophy. Human philosophies originated long ago and had various sects, but they purely dealt with human problems. Human philosophy is no more than a philosophy of life that only discusses the problems of what human being is and what human life. I guess I'll stop now for questions. I just want to throw out a couple recommendations. One, there's a website called kfausa.org, Korean Friendship Association USA. Last year, we created something called Juche Idea Study Group USA, and also Association for the Study of Songun Politics America, that the KFA was going to start these groups up in our countries. I think that our people school is going to be like a test run. And then I wanted to mention that it's recognized by the Korean Association of Social Scientists, which is K-A-S-S, CAS, and they invite representatives to the DPRK. And then I just wanted to recommend a reading. It's called Socialism is a Science by Kim Jong-il. And just to give a background of who is Kim Jong-il, he was born in the Revolutionary War. When he grew up, he was a construction worker. And then he went to college, obviously. He became functionary in the Communist Party there. And in the 90s, when the whole socialist movement collapsed, the DPRK kept going strong. And Kim Jong-il was a leader at that time. And as we know, a lot of other communist parties, they always attack the DPRK. But I just wanted to throw out those recommendations. And the book is called Socialism is a Science. And it was written in 91 or 92. There's been discussion for the last 20 years that there's a difference between Marxism-Leninism and the philosophy of Kim Il-sung, the self-reliant philosophy. And I'd like people here to give some information on that as much as they know, because that's been used as a dividing point by people who are basically anti-Stalin, in my opinion. They go into this whole area. So I'd like to know if anybody would like to say anything on that. Yeah, so Marxism-Leninism and Juche philosophy go hand-in-hand, actually. So whereas a lot of other so-called developments of Marxism-Leninism attempt to negate Marxism-Leninism in one way or the other, Juche philosophy upholds Marxism-Leninism as scientific and accurate. It just takes a different philosophical view, which basically, to make a long story short, it says that man is the master of his own destiny. He dominates and transforms the world, whereas the Marxist materialist dialectic maybe had some immaturities regarding the primacy of the material. And yet, to speak of Stalin, if anything, Juche philosophy upholds Stalin as a social hero, definitely. My question is, can the Juche philosophy be exported, or is it uniquely Korean? And is there a way to communicate a form of Juche to American workers? Thank you for that question. I love that you asked that question. So let me answer the first one, which is that, no, it is not a uniquely Korean philosophy. The way that the DBRK deals with this question is, of course, within their own country. But in fact, that's a part of Juche philosophy, which basically holds that man is the master of his own destiny and that he transforms the world. He dominates and transforms the world. And so, therefore, a creative stand has to always be taken based on the conditions within one's own country. So Juche philosophy, even though it was developed in Korea, 
has many universals that are generally applicable to all the world's masses. It is not only a merely career thing. It is a philosophical mm-hmm. point. Basically, if I go a little bit more into that, just to help give some context, Juche philosophy holds that man's essential attributes were not created in his natural development. That is to say, in the process of his evolution as a material being. So that's to say, man has a material being, but he is not a material being. Man is rather a social being. All of his primary attributes have been acquired through a social historic process, which namely those are independence, creativity, and consciousness. And these change ceaselessly throughout history in accordance with the development of the society. So that's a way that we can explain that easily to workers, is that Juche is actually quite easy to understand if you under, what you're hearing. I have a question. It's an Asiatic. Everyone looks at it. People look at it as Oriental or Asiatic. How is it different from the philosophy called Marxism, Leninism, Maoism? Well, they're completely different philosophies. I would have to go into Maoism. Well, from how I understand, Maoism is basically along the lines of qualitative change or leap under conditions of imperialism, whereas Juche philosophy does not hold this. It does not try to negate aspects of Marxism, Leninism, or quote-unquote simply develop in a vulgar way or even simply just inherit the philosophy of Marxism, Leninism. It is a, as Kim Il-sung would say, it is a new and revolutionary philosophy. It is of its own. It is different than all other preceding philosophies in human history. It basically holds that, whereas Marx said that, and correctly so, said that the ideal is nothing but the material world reflected in the minds of men in response to Hegel, who held that the material world was the creation of the minds of men. Clearly wrong. It has been shown to be wrong. Juche philosophy upholds this aspect of Marx's Lenin materialist dialectics. So that's the aspect of it, right? But it does not merely inherit it. It holds that it's a man-centered philosophy, which holds that man, that his features were not created by his material being only. That man has developed a social being. That man is a social being. And that he is a social being with independence, creativity, and consciousness, which change in accordance to the development of this social law not merely that material world impacts the minds of men and then they change the world. It seeks to elucidate the philosophical underpinnings that Marxism-Leninism is able to approach, but unable to elucidate. I think that definitely there's always been the conception, because everyone knows what happened with the China-Soviet split. I think that there's a lot of conceptions of similarity between the DPRK and that, but I think that really Juche does not conflict or does not even attack really Marxism-Leninism, and I think it was just up until a couple years ago that in the main square of the DPRK, where they have all those parades, on two of the buildings, underneath the buildings on each side, there was a portrait, and one portrait was Marx, and the other was Lenin. And I think it was just a couple years ago that those came down for whatever reason. Okay, thank you. If I might also say that just because DPRK is located around China or in Asia does not mean that it's necessarily valid. I don't think that. I think that goes without saying. But I will continue with the class.
Those Juche philosophy gave new viewpoints on the essence of the world and law of its development, that the world is dominated and transformed by man, and that the world developed by man's active role and in the direction of serving man and in keeping with the development of man. So that is to say the world changes alongside man. It also clarified the new viewpoint and attitude that one should proceed from man's interests on the basis of a Juche-oriented viewpoint on the world and that one should approach the world with his activities as a main. The Juche philosophy newly elucidated the viewpoint and its attitude to the world, centering on man, and thus gives a great weapon that enables man to shape his destiny successfully by correctly understanding and transforming the world. Herein lies the essential feature of the Juche idea as the revolutionary world outlook of our time and its scientific accuracy, revolutionary character, originality, and advantage. The Juche philosophy is the man-centered philosophy and also the most popular revolutionary philosophy, political philosophy. This is another aspect of the important character deriving from the fact that Juche philosophy comes from the man-centered philosophy. The Juche philosophy is, first of all, the most thorough revolutionary philosophy, which is created and developed on the basis of the revolutionary practice of time. In studying the philosophical question, President Kim Il-sung always started from the requirement of the revolutionary practice and created the Juche idea in the course of giving scientific answers to the urgent ideological and theoretical questions arising in the revolutionary practice. Kim Il-sung, if you don't know, he was the first president of Korea or the DPRK, and he is also known as the eternal president because he has, in his work as president, abolished the role of president. I thought I'd add that. The Juche era is the new historical era in which the popular masses emerge as the masters who dominate the world and shape their destiny independently and creatively. The Juche era requires a new world outlook that enables the people to heighten the consciousness of the masters of the world and their destiny. It was a particularly important matter for the Korean people to hew out the path of revolution in an independent and creative manner because of the peculiarities of historical development and the complexity and arduousness of the revolution. Reflecting the demands of the Juche era, President Kim Il-sung created a Juche philosophy that gives the people the truth that they are the masters of their own destiny. In the course of bloody struggle of smashing the Japanese imperialists and liberating Korea, with the result that he laid the great world outlook in the era of independence. By generalizing the experience of the profound revolutionary practice, General Secretary Kim Jong-il comprehensively systematized and developed the Juche philosophy. With the development of the Juche era, the revolutionary practice of the era of independence developed onto a higher stage. General Secretary Kim Jong-il synthesized, systematized, and developed the Juche philosophy created by President Kim Il-sung with new contents reflecting the requirements of the revolutionary practice of our times in the course of wisely leading the Korean socialist construction and the cause of global independence. This shows that the Juche philosophy is originated and developed as the revolutionary philosophy. As it is a thoroughly revolutionary philosophy, the Juche philosophy becomes the popular philosophy, which totally meets the independent demands and aspirations of the popular masses and serves them. The revolutionary practice is the struggle to safeguard and realize independence of the popular masses, and the popular masses themselves are the performers of this struggle. Therefore, only the philosophy that meets the independent desire and demands of the popular masses and serves them can be the popular philosophy. The Juche philosophy is the popular philosophy that is formulated and developed 
reflecting the independent desire and demand of the popular masses, and generalizing the experience of their struggle. It is the fundamental condition that guarantees the popularity of the philosophy to reflect the demands and aspiration of the popular masses and experience of their struggle. The philosophies of the reactionary exploiting classes are anti-popular philosophies because they ignored the demands and aspiration of the popular masses and were evolved according to the requirements and interests of the exploiting class. But all the principles and contents of the Juche philosophy contribute to safeguarding and realizing the independent demands and aspiration of the popular mass. So I will go ahead and allow for questions now if anyone would like to ask any questions. I'm not sure if this is an appropriate question because I might be correlating two different things that isn't really fit for this class. So if my question isn't fit for this teaching, just let me know and skip it. So it was mentioned before that Juche follows a Marxist-Leninist line. Now I know that Kim Jong-il said that we should not regard Juche idea in the same light as Kim Il-sungism because they're two different things. But Juche is a product and is still compromised within Kim Il-sungism. Some call it Kim Il-sungism, Kim Jong-ilism. That's what they call it in the DPRK. And we know that Kim Il-sungism states that Leninism is not the last step. Same thing that Mao would say. Leninism is not the last step. And as said by Kim Jong-il, Marxism-Leninism is not the last step because it doesn't focus on a revolutionary society. Or in other words, it does not teach us how to run a government and socialist society. So given that, my question is, if Juche follows Marxism-Leninism, and it was mentioned that we can relate it to working-class America, then why stop there and not become Kim Il-sungist, since it gave rise to the Juche philosophy, or why not speak about it and promote it? So that's my question. That's a little bit outside of, I am still learning a lot about Kim Il-sungism, Kim Jong-ilism. I mainly just started my studies with the Juche idea, so that's why I wanted to share it. You seem pretty educated on this. I would expect to see if there is a difference between Juche, which there is a difference between Juche philosophy and Kim Il-sungism, Kim Jong-ilism, that it would be along the lines of certain questions mm -hmm. within Marxism-Leninism. My question is that, doesn't that seem that it is updated and continuation of Marxist-Leninism at the location and time of special country or the special situation that Korean PDRK are situated is that it has differences that's my question if it is continuation yes. of marketing yes. yes it's okay that this question is being asked more than once because it's probably the central question about it and to answer that no juche philosophy is not marxism when it is not merely a addition or development onto marxism leninism it is a new and it's a different philosophy than Marxism-Leninism, mm -hmm. but, this is a very important but, and unless you understand this, you can't really understand Juche philosophy, it takes mm -hmm. Marxism-Leninism as a whole as its premise. Meaning that without Marxism-Leninism, without accepting Marxism-Leninism, you cannot accept Juche philosophy. Because it holds Marxism-Leninism as scientific and accurate. Right. You said the philosophy also includes the aspiration of the masses. And I was just thinking, 
Couldn't that be considered idealistic? The socialist society has not been attained the level that matches the people's aspirations yet. I mean, apparently under Marxism, it's the idea, well, not the idea, well, the goal is to reach people's full potential. Is that the same in Jewism or what? Yeah, so basically, Juji philosophy holds that, for one, continuity of leadership has to be maintained throughout a revolution, right? And the purpose of this is to convert. Also, I should probably start by saying that it's incredibly important for a vanguard party, a class party, to take power before the consciousness of the masses is to this point. So that is to say that Marxism-Leninism is wholly and scientifically accurate. But it cannot remain like this. It needs to become a mass party. It has to become a mass party over time. Else it will have to give up its existence. It will become disconnected from the masses and it won't be able to respond to their needs and desires. The continuity of leadership needs to be maintained in order to see this kind of thing through. This is a deep question. I'm not asking this question to be disruptive. I'm asking this so that we can put our thinking caps on. That's all. Here it is. Continuity. It seems that the DPRK has kept to socialism mainly because it did not get infected, and I use that word carefully, and I'm just throwing these thoughts out. It did not get infected with Western ideology, which thinks it's proper for people to have, even in the people's democracies in the 50s, their view was that the party would rule along with other fraternal organizations in a fatherland front. In Germany, GDR, that's what they did. So what happened is that in the GDR, you had different leaders come and go who were not biologically related. But in the DPRK, you have a biological connection with many people in the West refer to as a royal type of family situation. Now, the discussion of Kim Il-sung, I went to some of the original sources from DPRK, and they said he lived in a certain area that was considered sacred, a certain special mountain in DPRK that he and his family came from that's considered a sacred area, almost like a religion, in my opinion. Okay, cool. I just want to first start by saying that so the leadership in the DPRK, yes, there is a vicious imperialist propaganda directed at the fact that the Kims are related to one another. They use terms like monarchy, nepotism, quasi-monarchial party leadership, what have you, right? This is a complete misunderstanding of the way that the government functions in the DBRK. The Kims, the only Kim to ever hold state power in Korea was Kim Il-sung as president. He, after completing his task as president, broke up his role into multiple other roles to be filled by more than just one person. And that Kim Jong-il 
took up the role of general secretary of the Workers' Party of Korea, not the Korean state. Kim Jong-il, I'll repeat, took up the general secretaryship of the Workers' Party of Korea, not the Korean state. And so there has been no quasi-monarchical leadership within DPRK or within the state of DPRK. Now, the Kims are extremely educated. They have educated themselves and helped the Korean Revolution valiantly. And so they are very well respected by the people there. And for that matter, why can't we have things be appreciated, even to the level of sacredness? If the people appreciate it, why is that a problem? It's not the same thing as the idolatry of the past. And a couple of points mentioned like the popular front, which was exactly what was going on in Europe in the 40s, because actually the history of that party, the Workers' Party of Korea, it is a popular front. It's a part of a popular front. Actually, there's three parties which run the country. But to go back to the 40s, and this is before 1945, and then in the immediate period of 45 up to 47, 48, there was no Workers' Party of Korea. There was a Communist Party of Korea. but then. What actually was running the country at the time of the Japanese surrender, and I know this sounds really like socialist or something, they were called people's councils, but they were not even on our side in the schemes of things. They were very conservative. There was no North and South Korea at the time. It was all a Japanese colony. And so these things were all over the country, and they were running the country, really, and they were conservative. What they really were was they were just nationalists, and they were called people's councils. But in a way... What the U.S. did to lose Korea, which is sort of how Kerensky in February, the bourgeois government in Russia, how they lost Russia to the Bolsheviks, was that these people's councils, the United States did not recognize them. Instead, the United States chose to keep the former colonial government of Japan. It was called Manchu Kao. They kept that as the leadership in the U.S. occupation zone, which became South Korea. and the U.S. actually went after these things called People's Councils, which were not even socialists or communists. They were nationalists. And then that's what really helped spark the fuel, which the country really is run, you know, by a united front. And then to reference the Sacred Mountain and so forth like that, I think the mountain was a noted place in the folklore. Like British people, you could say like there's British tales and things, but I think what really makes the mountain special is not the mountain. When they talk about the residence that he lived in, all it was was just like a little log cabin. And they lived there with some of their soldiers when they were fighting because originally they were fighting the Japanese, you remember. And that's where Kim Jong-il was born. He was born in this little log cabin. So when you talk about sacred, you know, divine, what they're really talking about is just a little cabin in the wilderness. And what made it sacred was because that's where they continued fighting against the Japanese. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you. I'm going to finish up the reading. It says, The Juche philosophy therefore serves as a popular philosophy that everybody understands easily and accepts as his world outlook and considers as a weapon of struggle. The Juche philosophy is a political mm-hmm. philosophy that clarifies the basic principles of politics that leads the social development along the correct way. The people's destiny is shaped through social development, which is led by politics. Therefore, only the philosophy that clarifies scientific basic principles of politics can truly serve the shaping of the people's destiny. 
That is to say, if you don't know anything about something, you can't really do much to change it. And so the Juche philosophy clarifies the basic principles of politics and leads the social development to the correct way. The man-centered fundamental principles elucidated by the Juche philosophy and the principles of the Juche philosophical world outlook that were evolved on that basis are the principles of the world outlook and also the basic principles of politics that lead the social development to the correct way. Even the principles of the outlook on social history and the fundamental principles of the revolution and also the principles of outlook on the revolution based on it are the basic principles of politics that leads the social development to the correct way. In this sense, the Juche philosophy is called a political philosophy. I have only a question because I'm not uh, knowledgeable about Korean history, but I think before the re revolution broke, how much development of uh, you know, productive forces did North Korea have before they started the Juche? Did they have class forces? Did they have proletariat? Did they have urban like uh, farmers who were proletarians? Because you cannot simply come up with Juche unless you have uh, class forces. Because Marxism Leninism is about embarking on a revolutionary process given the balance of national forces. And was feudalism well developed? Did they have some industries? Did they have some mechanized agriculture? like in the capitalist sense, before they proceeded to Juche? I think it's an interesting question, and I think we should definitely investigate it. I really appreciate it. Well, I just wanted to point out that in our political culture, we have several examples of biological connections with the leadership of the capitalist structure. We call them political elites. Start right away with the Clintons. You talk about the Bushes. You can talk about the Romneys, George Romney, Mitt Romney. There's several of the Kennedys, the Rockefellers. And so there are these political elites that tend to be biological. And they run our country. And so it's very difficult. They always say in the United States that anybody can become president. And we know that's a lie. Even in kindergarten, when I was in kindergarten, I knew it was a lie. How many people we have living in this country, and there's only one person that can be president? So how's that going to work? Is it possible? Unless you win the lottery, I mean. But the point is, is that it's not so much important that there's a biological connection in socialism to the leadership. It's that the leadership is there because they're of their intelligence and understanding of their system. That's what they're there for. If they didn't know what they were doing, they wouldn't be there. That's all. The main thing is I just really hope that people learn. Because for me, when I first got into reading Juche, I noticed that it used a lot of the same words almost in every sentence. And it was very repetitive. And once again, this is personal. It seemed to drag on in a way that was, I don't want to use the word awkward, but unique to what I'm used to reading within the scope of Marxism-Leninism. For me, it was dragged on a lot in a way that took me a long time to read and reread to fully grasp it. But I liked it. It's something very new. In the people's school, we don't really go outside the boundaries of traditional Marxism-Leninism. So this was very new. It was very exciting. So thank you. No problem. I just want to say it was a good thing we began this. I have a lot of questions. We haven't gone into the differences 
if some of us believe there are differences between someone who's brought up and raised in Asia and someone who's brought up and raised in Europe or someone who's brought and raised in Latin America and the influences of colonialism from Europe, I think that has to be also taken into consideration. I find both Maoism and what they used to call Kim Il-sungism heavily influenced by a sort of, you remember the, not Taoism, but Manchu, uh, there's a term in China, I can't think of what it is, the philosophy. But I find that, in my opinion, there's a role that that plays in the mind of a person that's is brought up in that society. That's all I wanted to say. Is it Confucianism? Confucianism. Yeah, that's it. That's it, comrade. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for coming to the class tonight, and I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you all so much.